Welcome to another week of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. Let's introduce the folks before we get going here tonight. Over in Glendale, my good friend, someone who always keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Robbie? Excuse me! <laughs> I'm glad I had my microphone turned down on that one. Otherwise, I tried to... I tried to keep that uh, somewhat volume friendly. Yeah, but... you, you like leaned away from it a little bit too, like a real which is, pro. Which is hilarious because my microphone's in my headphones, so leaning away would do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Even better. Hmm. Well, it could have been the projection, like, excuse me. That yeah, just I really, that was kind of, that would have been more effective to give my all, but I respect the listeners and you guys too much. You guys are True welcome. that. Very good. And over in Bayview, joining us tonight, staying freshly squeezed as always, my good friend Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt? Boom, 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 catch and fly. Wow. That's about it. Wow. I mean, I didn't know you had those silky pipes like that, that bass line. It's that, You're it's a lead guitarist night. too. Uh, yeah, so it's that late night recording voice, you know, like yeah. you hear those call-in shows that are on late at night where they're calling in for romance advice. Sounds Only like that is too- not at all romantic. This what is, I just did. This is Desiree from Hoboken. It is part of my inspiration for that, honestly. So uh, we're recording this episode right after the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, and so I spent part of the week. Uh, deer hunting in northern Wisconsin, uh, very socially distant in the middle of the woods with nobody within miles, which was great, and happened to stumble across a deer skull while I was out there. So didn't even have to kill the deer, drag the deer, do any of that stuff. I just basically picked it up, the good part, and left. So that was great. Um, so now the only thing I'm left with is I have been Googling how to preserve skulls on YouTube and watching how-to videos. Um and I have it sitting in my basement, which as I say this out loud, is just creepy as hell. So yeah, right you might want to wipe the hard drive uh, after saying that. Like, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Case. I know. I'm going to start getting recommendations. Clear the history. are not at all helpful yeah. to me. <laughs> well, that well, sounds I, exciting. For, for those that, uh, since this is an audio-only podcast, our listeners can't see that uh, Matt has a lantern with his own head in it, like to emulate uh, <laughs> Bray Wyatt, which is really creepy. Yeah. Ugh, man. Nice. Did you have a good uh, Thanksgiving, Steve? I did. Yeah, it was very low key. I mean, it was just my wife and I, and um, we um, did a Zoom and our dog Benji, and uh, mm-hmm. we did a uh, Zoom call for dinner with uh, my in-laws, who were awesome. And it's really sad that we couldn't see them, but we made the most of it. And um, we uh, made one of our favorite mushroom pasta recipes. So no turkey Ooh. here, but. It was a favorite recipe and it all was good. And yeah, we made the most of it. 
Man, if it was a stay at home and it was a psychedelic mushroom pasta, that would have been a real good Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then my in-laws would have a lot to talk about for years to come. Yeah. You definitely want to record that FaceTime conversation. <laughs> the walls are spinning, Steve. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, me and my wife and I uh, had a stay at home Thanksgiving here in our new home, and it was really fun. Uh, we made... Uh, buttload of food just because we wanted to take our new kitchen for a spin to see what she could do and it was it was smooth we my wife and i was the first time we cooked a big meal together just for us and uh i made a signature drink a apple cider margarita which you think wouldn't be like the best pairing apple cider and tequila but you just make it normal and i kind of went a little above and beyond and did a, a sage and thyme raw sugar rimmer with a little cinnamon apple garnish and a rosemary sprig you know just something i like to do but it was delicious and the nice thing was i put some i did it in a large batch so i i diced up some apples and you know put them in that pitcher in the large bass or batch and then the tequila soaked into those apples which made for good snacks the next day oh so, my god i yeah. i won't lie I, during my uh, journey through the woods of Northern Wisconsin, I actually got bored at one point, sat down to take a break. And as I was scrolling through Instagram, I happened to see the meal that you and Kristen made and it looked really good. Mm-hmm. By the way, speaking of Instagram, if you guys don't already follow us on Instagram at keep the kayfabe and you might see some great wrestling memes and maybe some food. Absolutely. And we do follow Greg the Hammer Valentine, which is a must follow. We do. Uh, Absolutely. I would say probably within the next four months, he'll follow us. He loves us. He just doesn't know us yet. Right. Right. Absolutely. They're in he's, we'll he's, st- he's still a little salty from when Charlie tried to sneak a free picture of him at uh, StarCast. <laughs> That's right. If you're not paying, he's not going to smile. He probably wouldn't smile anyway if you were paying. <laughs> no. Not for 10 bucks. maybe for 25 but Christmas is coming. Maybe we can get a. We, maybe we uh, our holiday party is probably going to be canceled. Our keep the kayfabe holiday party. So maybe the money that we were going to invest in that, we can uh, treat ourselves to a little Greg the Hammer Valentine cameo. Go. Oh. Totally. Yeah, we definitely need to do something with that. And it is kind of a bummer that the Christmas party for Keep the Kayfabe probably will be canceled because of everything going on. Um, so unfortunately, Christmas for us is not coming. But you know what is coming, Mike? Oh my God! What? Winter is coming with AEW. Do you want to take oh. it from your first segment of the show? Wow! Someone Very just stole well. an awesome segue. Ooh. I'm sorry. I, I know you do this every other week, but I just you, the moment you said Christmas is coming, I oh, it was right there. I was hoping you weren't going to say something too sexual, but I'm glad I liked what you did there. That was excellent. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. And I'm saying me because my transitions have been a little off lately and you really picked it up, my friend. So thank you so much for teeing it up for me. No, it's totally fine. That's why I'm here. I mean, I thought about doing a more sexual one. Unfortunately, Val Venus is not on the show with us tonight. So we're just sexual chocolate. He's not with us. (laughs) Right. Awesome. Well, winter is coming. Uh, And if you've been watching AEW, you have noticed that they've been foreshadowing this Wednesday night. Dynamite is going to be the biggest Dynamite 
uh, ever. And it looks like they're really piggybacking on the Game of Thrones concept with their graphics and uh, the like these matchups. We kind of touched on it in last week's episode how that it seems like everybody in AEW belongs to a house or a faction or something, mm. and they're battling each other, and they're leaning into it. And you know what? I was a big Game of Thrones fan. I, were you guys Game of Thrones fans? You know? I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I watched seasons one and I think all of season two, but it was years ago. And okay. it's just such a commitment of a show that mm-hmm. I, I feel bad not watching it with someone. Um, more recently, my girlfriend, Becky, like I've tried getting her to watch it a few times. She hasn't really been interested. So the short answer is no, but hopefully someday. But I love how it plays into what AEW is doing with their booking. Yeah. Yeah. I was a big fan of the show. Um, I mean, when I was on the toilet, I would spend an extra 25 minutes maybe watching a YouTube on explaining what the hell was actually going on. But I know there's a lot of people in the world that love it. And the fact that AEW is doing it in this kind of concept kind of gets people, uh, gets their minds kind of programmed to kind of follow this story, which is going to happen. Because there's going to be a war. Definitely going to be a war. And where do we start? Uh, probably the biggest um, battle that's going to take place is between John Moxley, current AEW champion, versus Kenny Omega, the number one contender, the cleaner. Uh, he, they're going to be facing off this Wednesday night. Do you think Kenny Omega is going to take the belt from John Moxley in their first battle? You think? Without question, I think. Really? Now I've been wrong with predictions before, but I think I think he has to. I think he, I think they have to go this route, and I will be shocked if they don't. Now they could be dragging it out. Maybe that's a part I'm not. I'm over. I'm oversimplifying here. Is that you know it could be a non-finish, and then they you know their next pay-per-view it happens. But I feel like this it needs to happen now. I think the Moxley Moxley has been doing awesome promos and stuff, but mm-hmm. I think it's time for the change, and I think. Kenny Omega needs it badly and he's been doing his best work in AEW as a tweener <laughs> and um, I can't, you can't call him an out and out heel but you, he's certainly not been acting like a good guy but uh, yeah I think it has to happen it sure is hell better yeah I couldn't agree more I think especially with all the character development and changes in Kenny Omega's personality that have taken place over the last few months it, I feel like it would be a waste of booking and effort on AEW's part to not make the change. And I think as we've seen in the past, if you keep up with AEW at all, they don't do anything for no reason whatsoever. There's always a reason behind it or several reasons most of the time. So yeah, I I'm on board with you, Steve. I definitely think we're going to see a title change and how cool is it that we get to see this on TV as well, not on a pay-per-view, but on actual television. I remember just to kind of, do a quick comparison back in the day when stone cold steve austin was on his run in the late 90s i remember seeing a title change on monday night raw where he won the title from kane and to me it was just the biggest thing ever because at the time my family never paid for the pay-per-views we just couldn't see you know a reason for it we loved wrestling we watched it every week but you know we were more about the storylines at the time so that was a huge moment for us i think in terms of wrestling and memories and nostalgia so i think when you look at AEW and what they've done over the last year or so of Dynamite, we haven't really seen a major, major title change on Dynamite. So I don't think it's something that they're going to do lightly. Um, I think Kenny Omega is the right person at the right time. And when he gets the title, so this is my prediction, and when he gets the title, 
that just sets up Hangman Page for potentially taking the title off of him. I don't think it's going to happen right away. AEW doesn't pull the trigger quickly on this. They don't like to hotshot people. But I think it starts a new great championship run, which Kenny Omega, we've seen. If you ever follow him in New Japan, he's definitely capable of doing. And over the next several months, we're going to get a lot of great matches out of it. We're going to see a lot of new feuds develop, ultimately circling back to Hangman Page becoming the AEW champion. Because if you think about it, back when AEW first started, he was the guy Mm -hmm. alongside Chris Jericho. And you kind of felt like it was going to be Hangman Page, but it wasn't his time. And and in hindsight, that totally was the right move. Like it was totally ready for it yet. But I think he's more than ready at this point. And I think Kenny Omega winning the championship from John Moxley is the next step. Yeah, I'm glad right you now. brought up uh, Hangman Page. Um, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but I'm really kind of torn on who I'm taking this Wednesday. I know the smart choice is to say Kenny Omega. But I just think, I mean, if you kind of go back to a couple of weeks, I'm like, I'm so excited for this path, like this solo run that Kenny Omega is going to do. And to be quite honest with you, I'm kind of like, I would rate it at like a 6.5 for me as far as like excitement goes. I I haven't really been buying what Kenny Omega has been selling. Like I thought his, I think his matches, you know, with Hangman, the last one was very, very good. Excellent, actually. But his work on the mic, he doesn't do it for me. And Moxley, yeah, he's he's it's it's been done. Like it's drawn out. But I still think Moxley is doing better than Kenny Omega is as far as the entertainment aspect goes. And to put the the title on Kenny really soon on live TV. It seems like a setup, you know, it seems like it seems like a trap. But anyway, like Kenny, I don't know. I, I mean, I, lo- I love him as a wrestler. I love what he's done for wrestling. But I, I honestly, I'm not picking up what he's been putting down lately. I don't know why. It's been rubbing me a little wrong way. He's kind of been boring on the mic. Do I think Adam Page, like you said, is is uh, the guy, like if we are comparing it to Game of Thrones, I feel like uh, Adam Page is like Jon Snow. Like he doesn't know who he is yet. Like, we know, like, he's talented, and we know he's got the look, he's got the courage, he's got the fighting spirit, but he has to believe it in himself first. Yeah, he's still drinking and stuff. Yeah, Exactly. So he's kind of, like, on this path where he doesn't know his full potential. He's not rock bottom, but he's definitely is going to rise, right? So there's definitely still going to be a story here. I don't think – I don't think the title is going to change hands. But I also don't think John Moxley is going to win either. Um, I don't know this. Just this Wednesday, it just seems there's something a little off. Just by their their these contract signings, how they've been kind of going back and forth the last two weeks. There's something more there, especially these goddamn uh, broom chicks that come out. For <laughs> God's sakes, can they get a choreographer in there to teach them just how to be in step when you have a inanimate object? And you, and it is the focus of your dance. Like you literally just kind of have to, they remind me of those two sharks and Katy Perry at the Super Bowl show. Like oh, yeah. one shark was Lots going shark. crazy. Yeah. And then the other one was like, whatever. That's like what it seems like with these two chicks. And I mean, how much are they paying them? <laughs> so here's my question. Like, and maybe I give AEW too much credit. And I admit I do often. 
I kind of feel like they're purposely bad. Like I kind of feel yeah. like they're do. I, f- I feel like they're doing exactly what they intend them to do to be like super cheesy and kind of, but I don't know. That's a, you raise a good, maybe they just suck. <laughs> well, yeah. I rip on, I, I whip on the wardrobe all the time too. And I like, I like Kenny's music with the eighties. It's got like this eighties feel. It goes really well with Florida, kind of like a Miami vice feel. Like it sucks me in, but then it just like, it gets me there and then it just drops me. I don't know. It's just kind of, just my personal feelings with uh, Omega, and I don't know what's going to happen on Wednesday. To be honest with you, well, you're a better predictor than we than the best friends. So he's probably thanks. <laughs> now he's not going to win. Yeah, no, <laughs> Mike, I I do agree with you. Um, so you know, I gave my prediction before. You make a really good point, though, Kenny Omega. I mean, unless you followed him prior to AEW you're probably not hot on the idea of Kenny Omega, especially with the run he's had lately. Yes, it's been cool. It's interesting seeing some character development. Is he ready for a title run? I mean, we all know he is, but based on AEW's recent storyline, I agree. I feel like it's been, like there's just something missing from it. So I like your theory of, you know, does he win the title? Maybe not, but Moxley doesn't win either. So in that case, what happens? There was a post recently on the Squared Circle subreddit, if you guys follow that, that talked a little bit about um, some of the booking that AEW is going to be doing in the near future. And Kenny Omega made the statement about them becoming very experimental, almost like Game of Thrones. And he directly quoted Game of Thrones, which if you saw that, this whole winter is coming thing makes a lot more sense. Now, how does that translate to pro wrestling, and especially AEW? I don't really know, but it would be really cool, I think, you know, if if Kenny Omega doesn't win the title, how else could AEW do it in a way that keeps you, know, you interested, but is completely out of nowhere? And I got it. What's it? What are you thinking? Because they are leading into Game of Thrones so much. I Like a, a big theme of the show or the books or wherever, whatever our listeners prefer, uh, like the the throne changes almost immediately like when one king is crowned someone cuts the head off and another king is crowned so there could be a double swerve coming it might not be omega at all and it won't be john moxley at all it could be just somebody out of nowhere it could be i don't know it could be who could it be thunder like rosa <laughs> well fuck man you know how I feel about her. I feel like, like I said, I'll, I'll repeat it. Like, I feel they have better growth with Thunder Rosa as a champion than they will with Omega. I think Kenny just doing Kenny without a belt is way more entertaining than Kenny with a belt, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, maybe this is maybe this is a, a feather in AEW's cap that we really aren't, you know, I, I, I think I was the closest to making, you know, predicting a stone-cold lock pick. But as we're talking about this, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, they could pull something out of their ass on Wednesday and be, you know, that what he said about like uh, experimental and that. What does that mean? I mean, I mean, right. it could be anything. Right. They could go crazy. They well, could do it. They could have Cody Rhodes turn and help you know, Omega and then start a heel horseman faction. They could have because they haven't done it in over a year that I can think of, they could actually do their first well, disqualification, man, you know, because now it would actually mean something. And that's the beauty of it is right. that when you don't overdo something, it means something. Or say Kenny Omega does get the belt. He's like, you know what? He, he just seems so unenthusiastic about a AE, AEW in general. It's like, he's just kind of participating 
and going through the motions, making it look easy. And he's probably like, you know what? This title doesn't mean shit. I don't even want the title. I beat everybody. I had it. I'm just going to leave it up to anybody. Maybe Open there's challenge. Maybe this week's when the, you know, the new Japan invasion or something crazy happens yeah. where, or maybe Nick Aldis it's, from NWA comes and messes things Will up. Will Ospreay you know? or something. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, any yeah, of that could somebody. happen. The new Japan exactly. is an awesome idea. Um, I actually heard, I was listening to the what culture podcast again recently, and those guys seem to connect the dots with everything. One of the theories they threw out was some sort of a New Japan invasion. And the name they threw out was Kenta, formerly known as Hideo Itami in WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, from the sound of it, and I don't know if this has been confirmed or not, but Wrestle Kingdom for New Japan is coming up in January. And John Moxley has to defend the IWGP United States title in New Japan in January. So there's rumors that maybe Kenta comes and challenges for that title on this episode of Dynamite coming up. If that does happen, then the question becomes, okay, does John Moxley go to Japan in January to defend it at Wrestle Kingdom? Or maybe New Japan starts to do matches on AEW Dynamite. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see at this point. Like, they could it, it honestly could go that. any way. That's what's great about AEW. There's so many ways they could book this. Um, and all of them would be equally amazing. So we'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. They don't I'm have thinking, the rest- I'm, I- I'm sorry. I was just going to say, they don't have the constraints. It's like, I'm not, I don't want to turn this into a bitch about WWE, but, you know, I just think of the example, like Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, for years people have said, man, there's a whole gear he has from New Japan that we've all seen that, man, if he turned that on in WWE, holy cow. And you deep down know that's not going to happen because he's wrestling the WWE style. And similarly, you know, WWE is not going to have a New Japan invasion or anything like that. But AEW, none of that is like Kenny Omega could go to some crazy dark, like sinister, awful, like, like there's no, there's no AEW style. They could come up with anything. They could have any feel, invasion with one of these, th- like, like NWA, New Japan. All, all it takes is the relationship. And I feel that's what they want to do, and they got the budget to do it, and it's the, and they have the creativity landscape that they allow the wrestlers to do it with. Um, I, for some reason, again, this Wednesday's match between Omega and Moxley, I feel it's not going to be resolved. It's either going to be interrupted. They're going to put on a 25 minute match the last five minutes, something weird is going to happen. And then like, it's going to go to the next episode of Snowpiercer, uh, at TNT. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Something seems off, but that's what, uh, keeps me hooked in to AEW. And speaking of Snowpiercer, Hmm. I got something to say. I got something to get off my chest. And I'm directing this to AEW. I know you guys aren't listening to Keep the Kayfabe because you're naming Will Hobbs Powerhouse Hobbs when you should be going with our nickname, Ice Train. And you want to know why Powerhouse Hobbs sucks? It's stupid up top but you're losing out on a major marketing opportunity when when you can't fill the stands to create revenue at the concession stands and ticket sales where do you got to go advertising what show do you pump the most at AEW TNT fucking snowpiercer we've been seeing this preview for i don't even know how long have you guys ever watched an episode of snowpiercer i haven't seen it but it looks good i haven't even exactly. heard exactly 
It looks great, but there's got, nothing it's motivating Sean Bean me. In it. It's got to be good. Hmm. It, but there's nothing motivating me to turn it on. You know what would turn me on to Snowpierce to watch one episode, at least one? If you named Will Hobbs Ice Train, because the show Snowpiercer is all about a train going through ice. And when Ice Train Hobbs comes out and wrestles, you can have a little train go underneath on a graphic and say, this this uh, match between Darby Allen and Ice Train Hobbs is brought to you by Snowpiercer. Turn, tune in 9 Central right oh after gosh. AEW Diamond Night. And that's uh, advertisement that you could buy from Snowpiercer or they would pay you to do without even having to cut through to commercial. That was what a really good... What are you doing, good... AEW? Mike, I love that idea. That's a great promo. I'll admit, there was a part in the middle where you almost lost me. Like It felt like I was listening to Scott Steiner doing math for a second. But <laughs> I, he turned I it around. the idea. Because where there's snow, there's ice. Ice Train Jones, Snowpiercer. It makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's a genius idea. Again, it really would have. It's a lost and opportunity. That's why I think... I think uh, Tony Khan needs to be listening to a little bit more Keep the Kayfabe here. Kind of know what we're talking about. I'll, I'll so, send him a text after this. Well, and also let's use, some of the, let's use some of the tools in our disposal here. Greg, we know you're listening, um, <laughs> and we know that you were on AEW Dynamite one week. You have to have a connection They had to call there. him. Make sure, yeah, call him. Yeah. Tell him. Tell him they got to be listening. They had to, to have reached shit. out to him. Yeah. Email, probably yeah. through his flip phone. I bet Greg the Hammer Valentine – for some reason strikes me as someone who still carries a Nokia phone. Yeah. Ones that like last for two weeks without a charge and you can drop but he's it. He's somehow seven gotten stores. five years out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's pays like $5 because his phone like him expensive. gets better as the match goes on. So his phone has managed to just get better over the years. True that. Well, the circle back uh, to powerhouse Hobbs. Yes. So <laughs> now we see powerhouse Hobbs in team Taz New music, good look. Not a fan of the name, but am I a fan of Hobbs with Team Taz? Absolutely. Yeah. I've actually really have turned the corner with Team Taz, and I'm fully on board with this crew. I really, really love it. I've been, you know, expressing how much I enjoy Ricky Starks just on camera. We saw him cut a great poem, promo on this last week's episode. It's a great balance. I mean, the great thing about this team Taz is they got Brian Cage, the muscle. They got this Ricky Starts guy, a totally different body type who can cut a promo. You got Taz, the veteran that has seen it all and can do it all um, on the mic. But when he isn't there, you got Ricky Starks that can just pick it up. So it's not like you're Paul, like he's like, like a Paul Heyman for Brock Lesnar. These guys can stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Adding Will Hobbs to this now adds a little bit more uh, meanness and a little bit more um, uh, beef to the team. Beef. Beefs out the yeah. roster. You know, like I, out of all the factions, I mean, let's just list them off, shall we? I mean, we got the Death Triangle, we got the the Nightmare Family, we got the Dark Order, we got. Um, Come on, guys. The elite, kind of. Yeah. Really? Well, you got like almost uh, two different factions of the elite. Yeah. Okay. Then we got Eddie Kingston's crew. Kingston's crew. We got, yeah. We, and then Moxley kind of has his own thing going. You got uh, Miro and uh, and Sabian is sort of like okay. A, you know, there we go. I mean, it's more of a tag team, but kind of a faction. 
And let's not okay. forget your boy you Wardlow can... and the Inner Circle. Yes. Oh, the Inner Circle. God damn. So yeah, that's Wardlow's eight. Inner Circle. <laughs> and then, and then you got Team Taz. That's nine factions. So if we stack those up pound for pound, the Inner Circle, Dark Order. Um, as far as density of population in their family and the yeah. Nightmare family, those are the top three. But as far as well-rounded talent, Team Task can go up against any of those factions on their own. Yeah, 100%. and um, and I'm I'm happy uh, to be on board with them. I might even buy one of those FTW hats if they come to <laughs> you uh, the Panther Arena, and I'll wear it around. Yeah, maybe we'll actually get to go to the show that we got. Tick, or did you get tickets for it? I know Charlie and I did. Yeah, yeah, uh, we got tickets. Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, actually get to awesome. see that show one day. Yeah, so for our one listeners, uh, the, all of us on this podcast had bought tickets to see AEW Dynamite. Uh, I think it was on April 1st, actually. I think you're right, April 1st, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, due to the pandemic, it was pushed, like, you know, October. right before it the It really show. was an April yeah, Fool's. Yeah, yeah it, we were the fools in this one. So the show got pushed to October 28th. Media thought was, oh, cool, awesome, not a big deal, we'll go. Here we are in, well, what's soon to be December, and yeah, now it's going to be July of next year is the latest date that we're being told. But <laughs> yeah, despite all that, AEW is still a great show. I have oh, no yeah. doubt that someday we're going to get to an episode of Dynamite in person. But wanna, to get back to your you thoughts, Mike, on... No, what, go ahead. What you you want to hear something? You want to hear something real sad? So I, where I know, AEW... Where AEW was going to take place is in Panther Arena in Milwaukee. Uh, some of the listeners may or may not know uh, I work for the Milwaukee Admirals, and I was sit, like I was sh- shooting mad at text, like, "Okay, I'm in our seats right now before the doors open." Like I'm on the, I'm sitting in our empty seats. I'm like, "Oh, there's the ramp." Like I'm gonna, like I had it all pictured, and boom, COVID just. Yeah. shredded it yeah shredded we were... it like aaron Rodgers shredding the bears defense last night oh yeah sorry charlie yeah we um we were definitely excited for that show no question mm. like i said i'm sure we'll get to once we'll get there someday. they Whenever will come to Milwaukee. town we'll be there yeah. uh, but mike to get back to your point about team taz yeah i am so on board with these guys so this past week thanksgiving um I had the privilege of watching cable television for the first time in quite some time, just because we don't have it at the house. So anytime I get to see cable TV is always a privilege. So um, it just so happened that Wednesday night, TNT Dynamite, uh, I had the chance to watch it live. And as I turned it on, Taz was in the ring cutting a promo. Cody Rhodes walks out and pulls the, what I can only describe as the Vince McMahon management persona and sort of belittles Taz and everything that he's saying, uh, tries to get Taz out of the ring. It almost felt like a shoot quite a bit, like to the point where I couldn't tell if it was a work or a shoot. Um, pretty sure it was a work, but a very well done work. It Taz can do no wrong on the microphone. Amen. And this segment was just proof of that. So if one of the next feuds we see with Cody Rhodes is against Taz himself, I'm, I'm all in. I, I don't I care if AEW decides to book a legend to wrestle. This is one situation where I will make an exception and be all on board with it. Yeah. I don't know what um, like Taz's health situation is, but I don't remember the last time he got physical. And then I was like 
super giddy. Like I was excited. I like popped out of my, my off my couch when he like got, you know, when he like choked out, uh, uh, Cody, because it was like, damn, he like, I mean, it was, it, you, I mean, you're right, it was so brilliantly done because it crossed that line where it's like, whoa, this feels real almost because he, you know, made that comment about his son, right? And then, um, and then he's like, you, you, he, he kind of put the microphone away, but you could still hear him saying, you crossed the line, you crossed the line, and then he choked him. It was so, yep. the whole thing was done amazing. Yes, it was good when he ripped on his son. What's Taz's yeah. son name? It's something weird. Do you remember? I know it's not Dominic. <laughs> Dude, it's it's something weird. Taz and Butch. It remind me of like what's that Christmas movie where Vince Vaughn goes to the house and their mom and dad, they're all like UFC fighters and they're like putting each other in the holes. It's like four Christmases or something yeah. like that with John yeah. His son's name is Hook. Hook. Right. Also a great movie. Yeah. Um, oh, I love Hook. That's yeah. a great movie. Oh. Unbelievable. Um, but this okay think about this now okay a lot of these factions they have an elder statesman in their camp uh like uh tully blanchard where fdr and um sean spears then you got arn anderson with the nightmare family you got taz with f uh with team taz what if winter is coming these houses collide maybe we see a little uh a little um elder statesman mix it up a little bit huh Maybe they yeah. get in the ring a little bit here. God, Maybe yeah. they go out. You know how a king can't kill a king in chess? Well, this isn't chess. This is wrestling. <laughs> well said. Come yeah, on. I would, I would love to see that. Um, which legends? <laughs> it might be really see? bad, but it'd be cool. Do well. I mean, I think there's no doubt in my mind it's, it would be pretty bad. I although after seeing Taz put the Taz mission on Cody Rhodes, I, he seemed into it enough and vicious enough with it where I feel like he could still go through a match. Like it he's would not, be he's what, early he's 50s? Doing like he's, a yeah. four, six, 450 moonsault or something like that. Probably not, but I'm sure it would be a good match. I guess the real question is which legends do you want to see fight each other? Well, not Jake, the snake. No, no definitely. Agreed, not. Um, and Okay, I, Arn, Arn, sure. Arn can do a, a spine buster once in a while, but I think that's probably the extent oh, yeah. of it, given his injuries. Right. And Tully. Tully, Tully can probably still go a little he bit. He probably can, but he's pushing 70, probably. So. Yeah, I don't know that we want to see Arn give a spine buster to Tully. That would just be like watching your grandpa fight your other grandpa. Yeah. Right. Vicky Guerrero is not going to get in there, so we can uh, scratch her off the list. No. Eh, never mind. DDP, DDP wrestled uh, in the past. Okay. Year. Yeah, he could come out for a little bit. DDP versus Taz. I would, yes. I would be in for that. The Diamond nice. Cutter versus the Taz Mission. Yeah. Well, okay. So we, we, we went over some more factions. There has been a lone wolf uh, uh, running around and he did come out during Eddie Kingston's segment uh, during, what was it? Um, Ray Phoenix and Pac versus Butcher and Blade. Wait, wait, wait. Lance Archer reappeared. Oh, yes. okay. Thank God. When you said Lone Wolf, I, I thought you were going to say Baron Corbin, but nope. Thank God. <laughs> King thank Baron. God. Well, winter's coming. and Maybe King Corbin will make the, the switch. Not. Well, side note. Uh, in Game of Thrones, there was these dogs in the show for uh, 
the the northern family, Winterfell family. I think um, Air Airwolf or Top Flight, they are going to join uh, the Young Bucks and the elite kind of side. Like I think the Young Bucks are going to nurture Top Flight, and they're going to become. Could work. They're going to join that that house, if you want to call it. Yeah, they're all going to have their own banners. It's it's going to be yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope it's crazy. I hope they go like where it's like, I hope that next week we're like, holy shit, that episode is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Be, it. They got all the pieces. I want it to be in a way where the episode ends and Steve, like you said, you just say, holy shit, that was crazy. But then your immediate thought is, I have to watch next week yes. just to see what is going to happen now. Because You know what's right. funny? Like That just made me think of something. And again, it's impossible to avoid comparisons to WWE. But like you don't know week to week what's usually going to be on a WWE show. But AEW does a nice job of forecasting what's coming like week to week. And then also, right. also they, they that, tell you early in the show what the whole card's going to be for the show, which is, again, something that you don't see in WWE. Like, WWE, most of the time you have no idea NXT, what the next match is going to be. Totally. NXT would do a good job of that uh, back yeah. in the day when it was just on the network, hour yeah. long, be like, okay, next week, watch Velveteen Dream versus uh, someone awesome, uh, Aleister Black. I'm like, yeah. all right, totally. I'm in. I'm that's in so, for that. That's so true. That's actually what got me into NXT, I think, looking right. back on it. Because yeah. I was actually about to say the same thing, Mike. I remember watching it before it was on USA Network. And there would always – I think what it was was and, – and I don't know how carefully you watch this, but I happen to notice this pattern where they would – forecast or book matches for the next week like next week we have kevin owens in action against Sami Zayn or something like that and i just think oh cool i'll watch just to see that one match and then they would add other matches where it just made me think more and more okay i have to see this episode and even some matches they would say two weeks from tonight so they were right they did that a lot but they would book two weeks out and that's what kept me coming back. Yes. And that's what got me invested right. in the characters. So I think AEW is doing a great job with that. I know back in the day in the attitude era, WWF did the same thing to some extent. You would at least know that Stone Cold Steve Austin the next week was going to get back at the undertaker for something. And you wanted to see how he did it. And that alone would draw you in. And then yeah. they would fill in the card with other things too. So the, I don't think what AEW does is anything new, By any means, I think WWE is probably the one promotion that more recently has kind of gotten away from that for whatever reason. Maybe it's because it's easier to book episodic TV and not think about those things. But I think in the long run, it's really hurt their viewership. So I wonder. Because they don't know what they're doing week to week. Well, I was going to say, particularly with Raw. I mean, again, I don't. maybe I'm buying into dirt sheets and stuff. But, you know, you hear these stories about how Vince is changing the story changing the script or changing the the show like hours minutes before the show airs so if that's kind of the hand that's guiding it you couldn't like they probably wouldn't want to predict like okay next week on raw we're gonna see x y and z because vince might decide 20 minutes before raw to change it right now wwe is also not afraid of baiting and switching there's been times over the last couple years where they've promised a show you know so-and-so is going to show up or this match is going to happen and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I feel like the the more you commit to a match a week in advance, the more you can prepare for it. Both wrestlers can prepare for it. 
um, like the writers can prepare for it. You're, it's just kind of like studying for a test. You're going to do better on the test the more preparation you put into it. And I think that kind of is an example of why Ross sucks so bad because they don't know what they're doing. They're just kind of winging it. At least if like they do have it booked out months in advance, at least everybody's on the same page and they can follow, you know, everybody can play their role and do their job, you know? Yep. Yeah. So 100%. there, there's going to be some organized chaos this coming week, which leads me to believe again, the John Moxley, Kenny Omega main event match that everybody thinks Kenny Omega is going to get the belt. That's why everybody's going to watch. That's not what we're supposed to be watching on this coming episode. It's the, it's the start of a big war, a big shakeup of some sort. But it is, I'm not sure. But speaking of war, there's another war going on uh, coming up this Saturday or Sunday or whatever day it is. It is war (laughs) games. Lord Steven Regal. um, War games. Thank you very much, Steve. Right on cue. Dubbed war games is underway and there's been bombs thrown already uh, between the men and women of the NXT roster. War Games is really fun. I always liked it. I mean, it started in WCW, and, I mean, just some of those promos back in the day. Holy shit. The best is was uh, when it was Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, a couple other guys. And I think I recorded this, and I sent it out to you guys, like, a long time ago because I like to watch wrestling when I do DDP yoga. But I had to stop because these guys are, like, in camouflage. Like, they're in a war. Yeah. It's like, we drank just a gallon of Agent Orange, brother. And I, I we're, we're like shitting napalm right now. We're ready to destroy. I mean, they were like, I don't know if they all just did an eight ball of Coke and went out there or what, but they were jacked up. So War Games, really, really fun watching it as a kid. And I still enjoy it as an adult because putting the two rings together, putting a big cage around it, again, I've said it many times on the show, and I'm sorry I'm repetitive. I'm a sucker for creativity, and you, when you give a landscape for these wrestlers to do what they do, I'm into it. That's what it's well, all about for me. And I love that they've pretty much carried the tradition on, correct me if I'm wrong, the last – basically since they've brought back War Games, where – because you remember, like, in the old days when it was the Horsemen and Team Dusty and all that year after year? Yeah, yeah. The bad guys would always get the advantage, you know, the numbers advantage. Yep. Cause like, it, like every single time. And I think, you know, that just yep. happened, right? Like with this one where uh team McAfee is going to get the advantage and it's because yes. Pete Dunn won. It's just, I mean, yeah, right. it's, I love the, I love the predictable things they do where it's like, you know, the bad guys are going to get the upper hand, but then it'll just be bedlam from there. And uh, yeah, war games is fun. I agree. I'm Very really romantic. excited for war games. I, my only hesitation with it, and I think this is true for a lot of WWE's pay-per-views, is I think they've started in recent years to lean too heavily on themed pay-per-views where, like Hell in a Cell, you know once a year at that pay-per-view, you're getting Hell in a Cell matches. And the, the downside to that is there's not the surprise element, right? Like the first time NXT had war games, I remember thinking, what the hell is War Games? Because as we've talked about on this podcast, I didn't really watch WCW back in the day, so I wasn't even familiar with the match format. So to me, it was this whole new, exciting thing that I had never seen before. And it was a cool way to settle a beef. It was out of nowhere. So that was an amazing match. Obviously, the second year, yeah, bring it on. Like, the first one was great. 
do it again. Now we're getting into, I think it's like the third or fourth year, I want to say, of war games in a row. And you're starting to see this pattern emerge in NXT as well, which, you know, some people like it, some people don't. I, I think the only downside to it is it allows you to sort of reverse engineer how the booking's going to go. Um, now, that being said, though, I will say, I think Pat McAfee's team and Undisputed Era have both been cutting fantastic promos on each other, doing a great job building the story. So I am definitely looking forward to this match. Um, the most recent buildup to this, we saw this past week on NXT, was Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly in a ladder match for the advantage in this War Games match. Man, I don't know if you guys watched this ladder match, but if you didn't, go back and watch it. It was brutal and it was really cool to see kyle o'reilly in another match where you're just wowed by him the whole time in singles competition i I think they've been doing a really good job the last time we saw kyle o'reilly before this was against finn balor for the nxt championship when finn balor broke his jaw and that was a really physical hard-hitting match so i think between that match and this ladder match they've made kyle o'reilly look more and more dangerous and almost like a baby face at the same time so i'm really excited to see what they do with him in the actual war games match itself right and we're gonna see pat mcafee uh wrestle again right this is gonna be like his first real in-ring action uh since adam cole since that one time yeah we're gonna surprised everybody yep so I'm seeing, um, you know, I'm going to see, I'm really excited to see him wrestle again because he is kind of rivaling the best in the business right now on the mic and just kind of out of nowhere. He's been really NXT's diamond in the rough. Um, I mean, Tony Storm was probably the biggest uh, impact and Ember Moon was the biggest impact uh, on NXT in quite some time. And they got their own little rivalry going right now. So, yeah, NXT is finding um, a lot of good because what used to carry them, Gargano, Ciampa, they're kind of like just off to the side, really. They've become a sideshow. Even Velveteen Dream, they've, uh, since his allegations, they kind of stripped him of his normal sexualized look and they kind of dress him up to look like a garbage man now. It's <laughs> it's kind of weird. Some of the old like two years ago, main roster NXT people, headliners, they're just not even relevant anymore other than Undisputed Era. But everybody else is kind of carving out their own path and carrying the torch, which is cool to see. It's just um, it's just a very long extended rebuilding uh, era for them, I think. Yeah, Since I, t- I definitely. With AEW being there. If we didn't have anything else to watch, if AEW didn't exist, I'm sure we'd be sweating NXT's nuts hard. But now that we have a uh, an option, it's it's good. It's just not it's not blowing us away like it used to, in my yeah, opinion. For sure, I, I think part of the reasoning too for that is back in the day when NXT was more considered a developmental brand, the goal was always to once you've done everything you can in NXT, you would move on to SmackDown, Raw, or somewhere else. And I feel like ever since NXT has become sort of the third brand for WWE on USA Network, we don't see that transition anymore from SmackDown to Raw. We do on occasion, but it's very infrequent now. Um, just because, like you said, Mike, they're going up head-to-head against AEW, so they have to do what they can. And I think in a lot of situations, that means retain some of their top talent, like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, folks like that. Unfortunately, it does put those guys off to the side 
where they're not on TV regularly. So you start to forget about them. You forget about the great feuds they've had. And, you know, you think about Tommaso Ciampa right now in particular, he really hasn't done a lot for quite some time now in terms of good storylines, good matches, anything. Yeah. So it, it's kind of sad. Without Gargano, without yeah. the Gargano rivalry, it feels like they don't know what the hell to do with him. They don't. It's unfortunate because he is a great wrestler, as we've seen, an even better character. And, so I think if they find I, a person to pair him up with, I think it'll turn it, I think it. I think it was Karrion Cross. actually. I bet they were setting up a run between Ciampa and Karrion Cross, and when right. Karrion Cross got injured, it's just like, well, Ciampa, sorry, dude. This is what we had for you. You're on hold, Now two. we got jack shit. Yeah, we got jack shit for you now, so uh, do what you can, bud. Yeah, it would have been the wow. Rocky Three storyline where he loses and then he finds himself and comes back to win. Yeah. So, um, but so, go, sorry, go, go ahead. Oh, I was going to, this is sort of a, a War Games tangent that's just been bugging me. And we have, us and our fans need to do some homework after this because I, I swear to God, I remember hearing that in a War Games, remember Colonel Robert Parker, the manager? He was also a wrestler. Yeah. He wore that white suit. Like I swear yeah, I was in a war games. Yeah. There's a war games. I think it was with the road warriors or something where they hit him so hard. He shit his pants. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying, I was trying to find it on a search because I swear. I, I, in fact, I swear dusty told that story on like a documentary, yeah. but I couldn't I find that it. Too. So yeah, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. That's a great well, war games memory for you. So the shit his pants. He got hit so hard. I have to go back. It had to have been like, I, I remember watching, it i well i remember watching the war games with colonel parker and you know how he used to have like the handkerchief and like oh, yeah, 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 like with the yeah. sweat and sister sherry was out there or or somebody was out there and god that had to been like 93 maybe something like that maybe 94 yeah we'll have to look to it up maybe our it. intern yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it to it. But, uh, and, and also a lesson to be told there if you're gonna shit your pants in a wrestling ring don't wear all white <laughs> right not a good look actually at work steve like is that maybe why they did that because <laughs> i don't better know. do it too than the guy wearing all white <laughs> well it was the road warriors who were not gentle with people so or it was the steiners it's like one of the two but the story is the same two of the most hard-hitting wrestlers of all yeah four of the hardest hit wrestlers of all time for sure. Definitely not something he's going to shout out of those clothes. No. Hey, <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited for the women's um, war games too. Kind of the lady that's kind of impressing me, kind of NXT's Wardlow and female version, Dana Gonzalez. Is that her name, Dana? Uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Raquel. Raquel. Yeah. Wouldn't be what an episode Dana without Gonzalez? you getting it. Yeah, Dana Gonzalez is her sister. Yes. God damn it. I fucking suck at names. She, no, she's very good. It's part of your charm. She's in a relationship with George the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> yes. Oh. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Anywho, she's like the female version of Wardlow. You can tell how green she is, but she is a major contributor. And she does like... She is good. She's, she, she's mm-hmm. been getting better and better. Yeah. And I think this will be her coming out. Um in this war games that she's my dark horse prediction to have the most impact in the female war games match tony storm she's getting in there mixing up shotzi blackheart ember moon gross ass candace LeRae is going to be in there oh, um wow. whom and uh dakota kai 
Dakota Kai, was that last year now that she had that, like, just vicious heel turn at war games like where she just oh like like that was like one of those like like did not see coming and it was well done saw it live oh yeah that's right yeah yeah, that is so i'm actually more excited about i think the women's war games match than the men's just because nxt's such a good job building their women's division and i think dakota kai to your point steve um with her making her heel turn at last year's war games. I think there's a lot they can do from a booking standpoint to make that part of the story of this match as well. I don't know how they go about doing it, but I feel like they'd be missing a huge opportunity if they don't. Right. She's come a long way Dakota Kai as well. As far as her wrestling ability, she seems very um, confident and, uh, she used to like look nervous, like trying to like, you know, go through all the spots and stuff. Now it seems like she knows what she's doing in there. She's got this new confidence. I really enjoy her. I always have, but she's just gotten noticeably better and really kind of leaning into that um, heelish role too has helped her a lot. Did you know that she's part Samoan, which, you know, she could be, she could join, um, she could join uh, the family with uh, one of these days with, with Roman Reigns. I knew she was from New Zealand, wasn't she? Or yeah, something she's like, like half Samoan. Huh. Yeah, she's real skinny, too. She's got to only weigh like 90 pounds, it feels like. But she's strong as hell. Oh, yeah. Those Samoans. Yeah, very, very interesting. I'm excited. I think, um, I don't know. I don't really have any predictions. I'm you know, it's kind of one it. of those matches. I really don't give a shit who wins Just or not. Enjoy the carnage. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, but- Pat McAfee. I'm excited to see what he can do. That's pretty much what I'm going to. I kind of feel for, like his sure. team's going to win. Like they kind of need it. Not need right. it, but I mean, I think it's more compelling to have them win. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because undisputed. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, Steve, I agree with you 100. percent Like, I think there's a lot more to be gained from undisputed era losing from a in terms of storylines so and i also think the men's match you know mike you just mentioned like yeah don't really care who wins the women's match it's just going to be a good time to watch i think in the men's match it's going to matter a lot more in terms of the storylines and they have more of a believable feud between them so i think in the men's match that's going to be kind of the clinch pin of the storylines now in the women's match not so much i feel like that match in particular they cut a lot of corners booking wise just to make it happen like okay we want these women these are our best women let's just get them in a war games match get them on the pay-per-view nothing wrong with it i'm still looking forward to it regardless so you know it is what it is but yeah but for the men's match um yeah i'm feeling pat mcafee and his team sam great yeah undisputed era has just had too many war games matches actually I mean, and that's what they're going to say. They're seasoned. They're, they know what they're doing in there. They know every inch of that double ring setup. And then, you know, like we always talk about, whoever seems to dominate and has the most experience, it's they kind of go with the other guys with the victory, which would be McAfee's team. Yeah, I think we'll so, see another similar visual that we've seen in previous war game or two where uh, Pete Dunn is on top. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Well, I think that should probably about do it for this week's episode, boys. You got anything left for us here? 
Well, I think we've said it all, and I think um, we've just proven once again why this show is soon to be award-winning. Right. And uh, I really hope AEW is listening. Our intern is going to have to do a better job taking them to get us more attention. They really did miss the mark by not uh, dubbing Hobbs the Snowpiercer at least or just go with Ice Train. I might watch a little Snowpiercer uh, tonight. Maybe next week I'll follow up and let you know how it is. But Yeah, I'm interested in that one. Yeah, looks kind of cool. Looks kind of fun. But anyway, but yeah, boys, well, this was a lot of fun, and it's always a pleasure sitting here uh, talking some wrestling with you, and can't wait to see how things shape up this Wednesday night. Totally. Can't wait. This is going to be a good week in pro wrestling. I am, and like I said earlier, I'm hoping that we're sitting here a week from now like, holy shit, did you see that? Yeah, next week's oh, episode yeah. could break a record for a long yeah. episode, depending on how Dynamite goes this week. So we'll see. Yep. See. All right, boys. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember to subscribe to uh, the podcast. Keep the kayfabe on Spotify and follow us on Instagram. Peace. Woo!